are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday. And the title of the message is The Power of Pentecost. Not the power of Pentecostal denomination. The power of the Pentecostal experience. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So today is Pentecost Sunday. It is the commemoration and the celebration of receiving the Holy Spirit by the, early, by the early church. Pentecost in the Jewish tradition is 50 days after Passover. That's 50 days after, after the exodus from Egypt. When Moses took the children of Israel out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, and into the wilderness. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would make your word real to our hearts today. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will just guide us, guide my thoughts, guide my speech, and let everything be done to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus had clarified the need for his church to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be an extension of his ministry here on earth after he would descend to the Father. In John chapter 16, verse 7, he said, It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart... I will send him to you. In John 16, verse 13, he says, When the Spirit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He said, It is an advantage, is it to your advantage that I would go? And you say, how could that be? Well, for one thing, Jesus could be only in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that is here this morning, that you have sensed as we sang those songs and worshipped him, is all over the world. Every nation under the sun where there are Christians worshiping God, his presence is there. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I, he said, in the midst of them. And that is only possible by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, just before he went back into heaven, Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, 
but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He said, wait for the Holy Spirit. I got good news for you today. You don't have to wait. The Holy Spirit is already being poured out. The church is being led by the Holy Spirit every day. Amen? You don't have to wait anymore. He's here. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. So my first point today is the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an empowering for service. The believer becomes immersed in the Spirit's life and power. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth, all over the world. You shall receive power. Now, that power is probably better translated ability. Spiritual ability. To be able to do the work that God has called us to do. To have boldness to witness. To share our faith. To share about Jesus to others. I have a little illustration that I came across that I want to share with you concerning being baptized in the Holy Ghost. If we drank water from a glass, then that water would be inside of us, right? However, when we receive Christ, Holy Spirit, when we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Just like that glass of water dwells in us. Are you understanding? That's salvation. But there's another part. If we jumped into, say, Coal Lake, we would be in Coal Lake. Right? We would be in the water. So being baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are in Him. We are immersed in the Holy Spirit. Just as dwelling in the Spirit, indwell, the indwelling Spirit that Christians receive when they are saved reproduces the life of Jesus, so the outpouring or the baptizing of the Spirit reproduces the ministry of Jesus, including a multitude of spiritual gifts. And every church body of believers have the gifts that God intended for the church to have. They're, they, are in, they are embodied in this body of believers. Some of you have gifts, spiritual gifts that you have never used yet. It's time, as, as Paul told Timothy, to stir up the gift that is in you. 
Let the Holy Spirit do the work that he wants to do in your life. Now, in Acts chapter 1, uh, chapter 2 rather, verse 1 and 4, 1 to 4, we have the record of what Jesus was talking about, saying it is to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go, the Spirit will not come. Then he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. He says, don't leave Jerusalem until you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is what he was talking about. And so they went, they went into Jerusalem. They went into a, an upper room and they stayed there waiting for this promise that God had given them. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Well, all that means when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that is the celebration day when it, when it had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. That speaks about unity. Very important to be united in purpose. United in the spirit. Saying, Lord, I want what you want for me. And so the Bible says suddenly, and we want a suddenly from God again, folks. We need a suddenly. When God breaks into the situation, you can't do anything more. You've tried all of the things you know to do, and nothing's happening. But you're calling out on God and suddenly he breaks into the situation and everything is changed. And you realize you were working and sweating needlessly because all you needed to do was to trust in the mighty God. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Say with me, all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. No one taught them. No one said, say this. No one said, say some gibberish. They just opened their mouth, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them. The Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. My second point is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. The people wondered at what they saw. Some said, what do this mean? The Bible says others were mocking and said they're drunk. But Peter stood up. Now he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He couldn't even admit that he was a friend of Jesus a few, a few weeks before that. But now he stands up in the crowd. And some of them are mocking. And he says to them, this is not, these men are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. The Holy Spirit is being poured out. And then he said, in verse 
38 and 39 of Acts chapter 2, repent and be baptized. That means water baptism here. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you, to your children, and all that are afar off, and even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Some people say that this outpouring was only for the believers on the day of Pentecost. But God is still calling people. Isn't that right? Didn't he call you? Didn't he call me? Amen? The Holy Spirit baptism is for us. We all need power, ability for service and ministry. We can't fulfill the Great Commission in our own strength. Or not at least, not as it needs to be. Jesus said, in other words, my paraphrase, don't leave home without it. Don't leave home until you're filled with power from on high. Now, tongues is a controversial topic for the church in general. Not for, not for Pentecostal charismatic churches, but for the church in general. It don't mean that you're more spiritual than others if you speak in tongues. Get that out of your mind. You didn't suddenly get more spiritual. Tongues is for your benefit. It's for our benefit, for the Christian's benefit. A lot of people misunderstand 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Decently and in order. And they wax eloquently on that. And early Pentecostals didn't help matters much either. I came from an early Pentecostal background. And you get in one of our services, and everybody was speaking in tongues. And people came in who weren't saved. They didn't understand it. They didn't know what was going on. And they had all kinds of rumors. They even talked about us hanging from the chandeliers. I can guarantee you there were no chandeliers in our church. In fact, when I was a boy... It was just the oil lamps where you see those scones around here now. Oil lamps would be there. Tongues used inappropriately causes mass confusion. We believe that personal prayer tongues is received as the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And those tongues you can use anytime but not any place. It would be inappropriate for us this morning as we were worshiping to all break out in our prayer tongues, our prayer language. People who have never heard such a thing would be confused. It would be mass confusion. Prayer tongues is meant for your prayer closet. Or it's meant when, when believers get together and they are agreeing together and praying together. 
Like, if you want to pray in tongues, pray all you like in the prayer room. Okay? I encourage that. But you will never hear me say, now let's everybody pray in tongues here this morning. Because that's not in order. It is totally out of order in a general public service. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 23. Therefore, if the whole church come together in one place and all speak or pray in tongues, and there comes in one who are those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you're out of your mind? There was a time when the attitude, our attitude was, well, so what? They think we're out of our mind. But you see, the bigger the reason, we, we can miss the reason why we are here. We are not here to speak in tongues. We are here so that people can receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. We are here so that people can be helped, people can be delivered, people can be healed. We don't want to be a bless me club. If you want to be a bless me club, if you want to have some of the blessings, these kind of blessings, then go to a prayer meeting. Get together and have a good old time. But when we are in the public service, there is order to be had. It is clear to understand that this is why you don't see it in POC public services today. Someone asked me about that a while ago. Hey, you know, like, <clears throat> they hadn't been in church for a long while, and they came, got back to church, and they, they come to this church, and he said, one day I was talking to him, and he said, you know, he said, uh, I noticed, he said, that you guys don't speak in tongues. Do you believe it in, anymore? And I had to explain to him why it is that you don't hear that anymore. I said, we still... We still speak in tongues, but we have a bit of more order now. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26 to 28, 26b to 28, Paul said, Paul's giving some direction here, and he says, let all things be done for edification, for building up. Wouldn't be very nice if we got all out of order and everything was all crazy, and there's a bunch of people that came here for the first time. Said, man, I'm never going back to that place again. They're crazy there. And maybe they would never go to another church either. And so Paul says, let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, now you got to understand some people think that tongues is tongues. They don't understand that there's such a thing as the prayer language, and then there is a gift of tongues. A message where your people give a message in tongues. And that is to be interpreted. He said, so if anyone speaks in a tongue, a gift, let there be, let there be two or at the most three, 
each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him be silent in the church, and let him pray quietly in the spirit, speaking to himself and to God. Now, I pray, I, I, I pray in tongues every, every Sunday morning. In fact, I prayed in tongues while the service was going on this morning. But when the, when the music dies down, I don't do it. Well, sometimes I get excited <laughs> and a word or two will come out, but that's not planned. Therefore, brethren, desire to prophesy, earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. And so, if somebody speaks in tongues in the public service, we'll wait for an interpretation. And if there is no interpreter, that person will remain silent. And if they want to speak in tongues, they will speak as the service is going on and they're not being a distraction to somebody else. Spiritual, spiritual gifts are to be used in the proper order of worship. The gift of tongues requires interpretation. Three, maximum three in any service. Prophecy, maximum three and judged according to the word for accuracy. Not every prophecy is accurate. But we've got people in our congregation, we've got people in our leadership that is able to point out and say, brother, sister, you said this, but this is what the word of God says. And we have to be responsible enough that if we, if we make a mistake and we say something wrong, that we have to correct that as quickly as possible, preferably in the same service that it was spoken, so that no confusion is done. It is evident that this order was meant for uh, smaller gatherings, but we encourage prayer tongues in pre-service prayer. And I suggest that you use tongues in a morning service. If you're going to use tongues in the morning service, you would sit closer to the front. There's nothing more disturbing than sitting two rows from the back and somebody speaking in tongues back there. I hope you understand. This is about order. It is not about, it is not about being spiritual. It is about having order in the church. And so, when the music stops and the praise dies down, you revert to English or to your native tongue. Prophetic words are to be coordinated with the pastor or the leader of the service, that service. And so, sometimes when somebody wants to give a, a, a prophecy, they'll come up and they'll say, Pastor, I, I feel that I have something to share. And if I know that person, if, I, if that person has, a, has a, a good record in prophecy, I will say, okay, go ahead. And I'll, I'll let them know when, when they can do it. We don't want to break the, the flow of the Spirit. Okay? There's a right time for doing everything. 
But if it's a person who has never prophesied before, I want to know what they're going to say. If they're not proven, I'm not going to allow somebody to stand up here and say something that's going to harm a lot of people in the congregation. And so that's the way, that's the way we do it. Recognize prophetic ministry are only to request a time to, to speak. Now, I want you to note that each church or denomination has a certain order of service. Some are liturgical, while others are free spirit, joyful, hand-clapping, and emotional. And if you would probably, if a, if a, if a person from Colette Community Church that's been tending for a while were to worship in another church, like a Baptist or an Alliance church, you would probably have to tone down your style. Okay? If you acted the way you do when we're really worshiping here at Cole Community Church, a few heads might turn. Okay? So you, you govern yourself according to the church that you're in. In fact, you may find yourself out of place in a lot of PAOC churches. But the thing is, it doesn't mean, I'm not saying that the Baptist church and the Lions church are not spiritual. Don't ever get that in your mind. We are all called to do a specific work in Cold Lake and the Lakeland area. But God has given the church the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to do the work that he wants us to do. And those who, have, who are walking in that light are responsible for sharing in that light. Tongues is the initial evidence, the sign that a person has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice that all were filled with the Spirit and spoke with tongues, all, okay? Now, notice that that was on the day of Pentecost. Let's move on to another day in the growing church because some people say this was only for the, 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 the initial crowd that were filled on the day of Pentecost. <clears throat> okay, let's go on. Let's move on to another day in a growing church. Peter is preaching to some Gentiles. That's non-Jews. The first people to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit were Jewish people. Okay? They were from the Jewish religion. But when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they weren't liked very well in their synagogues. They were thrown out of their synagogues. In Acts chapter 10, verse 44, 46 says, While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them all which heard the word. <clears throat> and they of the Jews of the circumcision were, which believed were astonished that as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. You get that? These Jewish Christians who came down with Peter 
And as they were, as Peter were preaching, was preaching, they began to speak with tongues and glorify God. And they were astonished. Hey, the Gentiles are receiving the same baptism that we have. And how did they know that? They heard them speak with tongues. Said, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. How did they know that they received the Holy Ghost? They heard them speaking with tongues. Let's move on to another day and another service. In Acts chapter 19, verse 6, <clears throat> and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Acts 19, verse 6. Some argue that not every person in the Bible spoke in tongues when baptized with the Holy Spirit. Well, they cite the people of Samaria. And uh, the Bible don't say that they spoke with tongues. But listen, there's something that happened quite out of the ordinary. But Simon the magician saw something impressive. More impressive than healing and casting out demons because that was happening. He saw something else. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of hands, the apostles' hands, he offered them money saying, give me this power so that anyone who I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Ghost. It is true that there's no mention of tongues when Paul himself received the Holy Ghost. But hear what he said later in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. So even if the Bible doesn't record that they spoke in tongues, doesn't mean that they didn't. If you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to speak in tongues. Listen to me now. If you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to speak with tongues, even if you don't. Mark chapter 16, verse 17, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. Folks, if that's not true, then we might as well cut that little verse out. Why pray in tongues? There are nine spiritual gifts and one of which is the gift of tongues, used in conjunction with the interpretation of tongues. And that, that tongues is not for everyone. And this is where people who don't know, don't understand, have never experienced it, don't understand it, and they try to, to explain it. They're great theologians, and I would use most of their material that they, that they write. And I've used most of their material in my sermon uh, preparations. But they're, they're totally wrong on this one. Okay? There is a tongue. When they say tongues are not for all, not for everyone, 
They're right to an extent. The gift of tongues is a gift like everything else. Everyone don't have the gift of prophecy. Everyone don't have the gifts of healing. Everyone don't have the gift of tongues. But they're to be used. The gift of tongues is to be used in conjunction with interpretation. This tongue is used in the public service and calls for order. Okay? The personal prayer language received when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit is available to everyone and is meant for your personal edification. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And tongues, tongues with interpretation is the same as prophecy. It edifies the church. Anything that do, do not edify has no place in the public service. Sometime, sometimes we don't know how to pray or what to pray for. And in times like that, your prayer language comes in so handy. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I have found over and over and over again, when I have knelt or bowed my head in prayer, and I just, for some reason, maybe it's what I'm facing that day, maybe it's a difficult situation, Maybe it's something that has just floored me. But whatever it is, I just, I don't have any words to say. All I can say is, oh God, oh God. And then I begin to speak in that heavenly language that he gave me. And as I begin to speak, there is a flow that comes to my heart. And after a while, I'll begin to pray in clear English. And it is clear and it is flowing. And I'm pouring out my heart to God. And I'll revert back to, to English. And I'll revert back to tongues. And I'll go back to English. And that will follow sometimes for 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Sometimes it can be an hour. But God will bless me there. And when I leave that place of prayer. I am revived. I am renewed in my spirit. And that is what God offers to every born again believer. He's not holding it back from you. He's not holding it back from Baptists. He's not holding it back from Catholics. He's not holding it back from Lutherans. He don't care what denominational tag you use. The Holy Spirit is for his children. He wants you to have everything that he has in store for his people. This is also evident in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, 2. He who speaks, prays in a tongue, does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries, things we don't understand, things we don't know. Things beyond our intelligence. The Holy Spirit reveals it to us. It is, not the Ho it is not the Holy Spirit 
forcing you to speak or moving your tongue, but rather the Holy Spirit is giving you the ability to speak in an unknown tongue. God is not going to hit you over the head with a two-by-four and say, speak. He has given you the gift. The gift is in you. And you speak it out in faith. Don't worry about what it sounds like. Acts 2 and 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And you can choose when and how much you want to pray in tongues. You hear me? There's not some mystic thing that takes over your body. And all of a sudden, you start blurting out in tongues. It's your tongue. It's your voice. You just allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you. And if you never open your mouth, if you never move your tongue, you'll probably never speak in tongues. You can choose when and how much you want to pray in the Holy Ghost. These letters were written to believers. Ernie, do you have something? These letters were written to believers. If we are told to pray in the Holy Ghost, then as spirit-filled believers, that means we have the ability to do so. Praying in tongues is praying in the Spirit. So as I conclude today, Pentecostal power transforms transformed the first century church. And Pentecostal power is transforming, the, this transforming power is active today, right now, this very hour. If the early church needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit for embarking on ministry, why would we think that it's not necessary for today? Holy Spirit turns boring religion into an amazing adventure. He transforms ordinary people into bold witnesses. And he can do the same for you because that's the power of Pentecost. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost this morning? I would love to pray with you. But if you need Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would love to pray with you. A lot of times, almost, almost always, every Tuesday morning, we get a number of cards that says, I, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. The invitation usually is given every Sunday morning to receive Christ as your Savior. There's something about making that public confession. That saying, Lord, here I am. I'm saying to this congregation, I want to be a part of the family of God. Why don't you come? It'll help you in your, in your walk with God to make it public. You don't need to keep it secret. It's okay to come out of the closet. It's okay to say, I'm 
a born-again believer. Amen? You come and you make a dedication to God and you pray a simple prayer. But I want you to know something. The moment you make the decision to follow Christ, you become a believer in Jesus Christ. But you need to solidify it. If you believe in your heart, Jesus said, and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Why don't you receive him as your Savior today? Almost every Sunday, somebody is coming to the Lord. Almost every week, somebody is phoning up or emailing, saying, I've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. It's the best way to live. And I'm sure it's the best way to die. Amen? If you want anything from the Lord today, healing in your body, whatever it may be, God is here. Jesus is here. We focus on Jesus. It's not the pastor. We've got a team of Believers, they'll come and help me pray with you this morning for whatever need you have. Amen? So as the worship team leads us, come. Don't wait for the worship to be over. Let's come right now. Amen? We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.